Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 1. This is after the Lord had filled the temple with his glory. Then spoke Solomon, The Lord hath said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. This whole chapter is going to be a speech that Solomon gives after the Lord has filled the temple with his glory. So some people are probably bowing down, and Solomon is not in the temple, he's outside of it, because no one can stand in the temple at this point. 2. But I have built thee a house of habitation, and a place for thee to dwell in forever. The Lord did say that he dwells in thick darkness, and if you look at space, it looks like thick darkness, and the Lord is out there somewhere. God is everywhere, so the universe is filled with darkness, and God is there. He's filling the entire universe. But he allowed Solomon to build him this golden temple. 3. And the king turned his face and blessed all the congregation of Israel, and all the congregation of Israel stood. When he pronounced a blessing over them, they stood up on their feet to receive that blessing. 4. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who spoke with his mouth unto David my father, and hath with his hands fulfilled it, saying, 5. Since the day that I brought forth my people out of the land of Egypt, I chose no city out of all the tribes of Israel to build a house in, that my name might be there. Neither chose I any man to be prince over my people Israel. God, from the day that he brought the children out of Israel, he did not appoint them to build a temple, and he didn't appoint any one man to be a prince over them. Moses was their leader, but he wasn't their prince. And in the Bible, prince is another way of saying king. 6. But I have chosen Jerusalem, that my name might be there, and have chosen David to be over my people Israel. God didn't choose a city until they arrived in Jerusalem, and he didn't choose a man to be king until David was picked. 7. Now it was in the heart of David my father to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. 8. But the Lord said unto David my father, Wherefore it was in thy heart to build a house for my name, thou didst well that it was in thy heart. 9. Nevertheless thou shalt not build the house, but thy son that shall come forth out of thy loins, he shall build the house for my name. This means that David was promised by the Lord that his son would build this temple before his son was even born. Now, other sons had been born to King David, but Solomon wasn't born yet when David received this promise from God. And God said, your heart is in the right place that you want to build the temple, but I'm not going to let you because you have shed blood. I'm going to allow your son to do it because you asked to do it. 10. And the Lord hath established his word that he spoke, for I am risen up in the room of David my father, and sit on the throne of Israel, as the Lord promised, and have built the house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. Solomon is saying, What the Lord said came true. I was born, and I have now taken the throne, and I have now built this temple that God was talking about, that he promised my father. 11. And there have I set the ark, Wherein is the covenant of the Lord, which he made with the children of Israel? Solomon is saying, The ark is now in the temple. 12. And he stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel, and spread forth his hands. Spreading forth your hands is a very common way that the Israelites prayed all throughout the Old and the New Testament. Jesus did it. Moses did it. Noah did it. 
everyone prayed with their hands stretched out to heaven. When people do that in churches today, it's completely normal to do that. I guess it's like trying to hug God. That's the only thing I can equate it to. 13. For Solomon had made a brazen scaffold of five cubits long and five cubits broad and three cubits high, and had set it in the midst of the court. And upon it he stood and kneeled down upon his knees before all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven. He had made a bronze scaffold especially for this event. Now, it was only going to be used on that very day when the temple building was finished. But after that, they would, of course, haul that scaffolding out of the outer court so that they could conduct regular business there. But he knew that the people would need to see him, and they would need to see him pray over them. Five cubits high is approximately seven and a half feet high. So he's on a podium that's seven and a half feet high. And he kneeled down on his knees with his arms stretched upward. 14. And he said, O Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like thee in the heaven or in the earth, who keepest covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee with all their heart. Solomon is saying that there is no God in the atmosphere or in the earth no God anywhere that has mercy toward his people except for the one true God. But Solomon says he has mercy toward those who walk before him with all of their heart. Mercy isn't cheap. It isn't thrown out like a bone to anybody who wants it. You have to follow the Lord with all of your heart, and to those people he is merciful. The mercy to forgive us is only extended to those who repent of their sins and truly follow him. 15. Who hast kept with thy servant David, my father, that which thou didst promise him, yea, thou spokest with thy mouth, and hast fulfilled it with thy hand, as it is this day. Solomon is giving God credit for building the temple. A lot of people would say, but Solomon built it. But Solomon could not have built it without God making it happen. Solomon didn't make himself rich. It was God who made Solomon rich. And Solomon didn't make himself the son of David. It was God who made him the son of David. All of that was out of Solomon's control. Ultimately, it's really God who built the temple. 16. Now therefore, O Lord, the God of Israel, keep with thy servant David, my father, that which thou hast promised him, saying, There shall not fail thee a man in my sight to sit on the throne of Israel, if only thy children take heed to their way to walk in my law as thou hast walked before me. God did keep this promise, and he went way overboard to keep it, because there were evil kings of Judah. But every single king of Judah was a direct descendant of David, and the line never ended. And when the kingship did finally end in Israel, God still caused Jesus Christ to be a direct descendant of King David. And Jesus's throne is eternal. It will last forever and ever. In every sense, God kept his end of the deal, even though the Israelites continued to sin time after time. If the Israelites had not continued to go back to paganism, then the kings of Israel would have continued until Christ was born. 17. Now therefore, O Lord, the God of Israel, let thy people be verified which thou spokest unto thy servant David. 
18. But will God in very truth dwell with men on earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee, how much less this house which I have builded. Solomon is declaring that God is not going to be contained in the temple. Even though he'll dwell there, he still exists everywhere, and no place can contain him. And Solomon is acknowledging that fact. The temple will not confine the Lord. And he says, how could you dwell with us on earth? It's a mystery, but in Jesus Christ, he did dwell with us on earth, and he still does inside of those of us who follow him. 19. Yet have thou respect unto the prayer of thy servant and to his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee. Solomon is asking the Lord to answer his prayer that he's praying now. 20. That thine eyes may be opened toward this house day and night, even toward the place whereof thou hast said that thou wouldst put thy name there, to hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall pray toward this place. Solomon is asking God, keep watching this house where I and others will pray. Don't ignore us. 21. And hearken thou to the supplications of thy servant and of thy people Israel, when they shall pray toward this place. Yea, hear thou from thy dwelling place, even from heaven, and when thou hearest, forgive. Solomon knows that not everyone can live in Jerusalem. The Israelites that don't live in Jerusalem will pray in the direction of Jerusalem. And Solomon is asking the Lord, for anyone who prays in the direction of this temple, answer their prayer. 22. If a man sin against his neighbor, and an oath be exacted of him to cause him to swear, and he come and swear before thine altar in this house. 23. Then hear thou from heaven, and do and judge thy servants, requiting the wicked to bring his way upon his own head, and justifying the righteous to give him according to his righteousness. Solomon is saying, if anyone sins against you, and then they're brought before the court, which would be the king deciding or other elders deciding the case, let the guilty be convicted and let the innocent get justice. 24. And if thy people Israel be smitten down before the enemy when they sin against thee, and shall turn again and confess thy name, and pray and make supplication before thee in this house, 25. Then hear thou from heaven, and forgive the sin of thy people Israel, and bring them back unto the land which thou gavest to them and to their fathers. Solomon is saying, If the people of Israel sin, but then they repent of their sins, and they pray in this house, please forgive them. 26. When the heaven is shut up, and there is no rain, when they sin against thee, if they pray toward this place, and confess thy name, turning from their sin, when thou dost afflict them. 27. Then hear thou in heaven, and forgive the sin of thy servants, and of thy people Israel, when thou dost direct them on the good way wherein they should walk, and send rain upon thy land, which thou hast given to thy people for an inheritance. Solomon is saying, Dear Lord, when you take the rain away because of our sin, if we repent, then please bring the rain back. Solomon has the faith to ask for forgiveness because he knows how merciful God is, and that's why you and I can also have the faith to ask for forgiveness, because God is merciful. He loves to forgive, but we have to truly repent. It can't just be lip service. 28. If there be in the land famine, if there be pestilence, if there be blasting or mildew, locust or caterpillar, if their enemies besiege them in the hand of their cities, whatsoever plague or whatsoever sickness there be, 
29. What prayer and supplication soever be made by any man or by all thy people Israel, who shall know every man his own plague and his own pain, and shall spread forth his hands toward this house. 30. Then hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place, and forgive and render unto every man according to all his ways, whose heart thou knowest, for thou, even thou only, knowest the hearts of the children of men. Solomon is saying, you're the only one who can judge us because you're the only one who knows what's really in our hearts. And if we have any kind of discipline from you, like pestilence or plague or sickness or anything bad happens to us because of our sin, when we repent, then please examine our heart and find if we are truly repentant. And if we are, restore us and take away our illness and our plague and our pestilence. 31. That they may fear thee to walk in thy ways all the days that they live in the land which thou gavest unto our fathers. 32. Moreover concerning the stranger that is not of thy people Israel, when he shall come out of a far country for thy great name's sake, and thy mighty hand, and thine outstretched arm, when they shall come and pray toward this house. 33. Then hear thou from heaven, even from thy dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for, that all the peoples of the earth may know thy name, and fear thee, as doth thy people Israel, and that they may know that thy name is called upon this house which I have built. Solomon is even saying, forgive the foreigners, even if they were pagans. If they repent of their sins and call on your name, please forgive them too. And that's one of the reasons why all of us should minister and pray for and share the gospel with those who aren't Christians, because God loves them too, and he also wants to forgive them. 34. If thy people go out to battle against their enemies, by whatsoever way thou shalt send them, and they pray unto thee toward this city which thou hast chosen, and the house which I have built for thy name. 35. Then hear thou from heaven their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause. Solomon is saying, when the people have to go out to war, when they pray and ask you to fight the battle for them, please fight the battle. Now you and I go to war every day, but it's spiritual war, and every day we can ask God to fight our battle. Ask God to fight your battles, because there will be battles. Satan will tempt you, the Lord will test your faith, You'll have to pray for other people who are fighting battles. Things will happen. You'll be presented with opportunities to share the gospel, and you need to be ready. I have missed many opportunities to share the gospel because I was sidetracked or lazy or I just couldn't see the forest through the trees. So we all need to be in prayer so that we don't miss those opportunities. 36. If they sin against thee, for there is no man that sinneth not, and thou be angry with them, and deliver them to the enemy, so that they carry them away captive unto a land far off or near. 37. Yet if they shall bethink themselves in the land whither they are carried captive, and turn and make supplication unto thee in the land of their captivity, saying, We have sinned, we have done iniquitously, and have dealt wickedly. 38. If they return unto thee with all their heart and with all their soul, in the land of their captivity, whither they have carried them captive, and pray toward their land, which thou gavest unto their fathers, and the city which thou hast chosen, and toward the house which I have built for thy name. 39. Then hear thou from heaven, even from thy dwelling place, their prayer and their supplications, and maintain their cause, and forgive thy people who have sinned against thee. 
This is a beautiful prayer that Solomon is making. He's saying, if the Israelites sin and then the pagans haul them off as POWs, captives, into a foreign land, when they repent of their sins and turn back and face Jerusalem and pray and ask for forgiveness, please forgive them and deliver them back to the land of Israel. Now, the way that we get taken captive today is, for instance, in relationships. When we sin, we can be held captive in an abusive relationship or a relationship that's leading us away from the Lord. We can also be held captive with our finances, with our health, with our job situation. We can be held in captivity because of our sin. When we have sinned, but we repent, then we can expect God to pull us out of our captivity. That doesn't mean that our lives will be easy, but God can take us out of the chaos and destruction that we have caused in our lives because of our sin. When we pray, He will take us out of that captivity. 40. Now, O my God, let I beseech thee, thine eyes be open, and let thine ears be attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. He's asking God to have open eyes and open ears toward anyone who prays to him in the temple. But remember, today's temple is your body. That's where Jesus dwells if you follow him. And when you pray, he will keep his eyes toward your temple, which is your body, and he will watch over you and forgive you. 41. Now therefore arise, O Lord God, into thy resting place, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let thy saints rejoice in good. See, they have priestly garments, but that only represents salvation of the soul. 42. O Lord God, turn not away the face of thine anointed. Remember the good deeds of David thy servant. David was anointed to be king, and you and I are anointed to be daughters and sons of the king of kings. And we don't want God to turn his face away from us, so we should not ever turn our face away from him. And that concludes Second Chronicles chapter 6.